0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Talking About Birds, the only Cardinal podcast that, like Cardinal broadcasts, are about to black out. My name is Nate Heininger, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Ben Samorka. Hi, everyone. Bring in the energy and this week, among many things, we are going to continue to touch on the updates from spring training. We're going to continue our series on NL Central, focusing on the Pittsburgh Pirates, and we are going to take a look at the World Baseball Classic. An idea for the opening bit: tweet us at Talk About Birds. Ben, I am here to report on an experience I had over the weekend. We talked about it a little bit last week. I know you love to hate things, so I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to make you listen to me for. A did little you bit enjoy more.
1: something? Oh, I did. crap! I already
0: know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I enjoyed. Boy, Oi. yeah. I went I, the footy match. I've got, uh, I went to the home opener for St. Louis city on Saturday night and I've just got one thing to say, Oh, it's the right. Good time. Isn't it? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of beat me to it with, uh, with, with the accent there. But, I'm so uh, glad
1: I, I stomped on that terrible <laughs> bit. Yeah,
0: no, I had a wonderful time now, of course. I'm a fan of pomp and circumstance. You got twenty thousand people there, all like super jazzed. So I, I was set up, you know, to enjoy it. And I was there with some good friends. Shout out to Joe, friend of the show, who uh, helped hook me up with the ticket and also basically explained how the entire sport of soccer works for me uh, oh, well. throughout throughout the entire match. Um, but I had a really great time. It was first of all uh it was a it was a good match like i've never really watched a full game of soccer and i enjoyed it uh the 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 home team won uh there is a there is a chaotic aggression to live soccer that i was not expecting i know it's kind of the like
1: the the hooligans uh, right
0: yeah yeah and i know that's a theme or that's like a thing right that's like a trope but i But I wasn't expecting it to the degree that I experienced it. And it really boils down to one thing that really, really made me laugh. That is, I think, a fundamental difference between soccer and any other sporting event that I've ever been to, which is that. So we all know the concept of flopping, right? Like even if you don't know soccer, you know, someone pretends to be hurt more than they were or even pretends to be hurt at all to run down the clock. Uh, I didn't know this about soccer, but the clock never stops. Yeah, um, and I so, knew that. Yeah, I knew nothing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and be- I guess that the concept of flopping is so prevalent and so reviled that any someone from the opposing team would fall down like they were hurt, the entire stadium erupt in booing. <laughs> so like in any other sport, if someone like is hit hard collapses whatever it is and they go down hard the stadium usually is quiet sure in in soccer everyone's screaming like boo get up you know just raw aggression anger at this person for getting hurt like there was a real injury in the game (laughs) and like i don't know how long people booed before they realized like okay maybe this guy is it needs actual medical attention and it was like a full it was a full delay and I just thought that was so funny. Like, what other sport is your initial reaction to someone getting hurt to just, like, boo them viciously? <laughs> uh, but it was fun. And uh, there was all these chanting and, like, the the songs. And, you know, I love a good pun. So lots of goal puns. Like, lot, like lots of chants that take pop culture things and replace it with the word goal. <laughs>
1: so do so. they, like, hand out songbooks when you are walking in? How does everybody know what to sing?
0: Well, there, so no, there were The team has
1: existed for one second,
0: right? Yes and no. So there's St. Louis has had a huge soccer culture for years and there's been other soccer teams in St. Louis. So there's been like groups of people who go to soccer games and there's a couple fan groups. That have been established for a while now because we've also known we were getting an mls team for multiple years at this point so fan groups were getting together and, and creating singing? these chants. yeah well i think they were going to other like i think they are adapting stuff for this uh you don't ever just get together with the boys and just sing some <laughs> <laughs> sing do some chants. uh, uh no no so but the team embraced it because they have a, the team has a really really well made app that gives you a ton of information about the team and on it it had links to the YouTube videos that these fan groups had made where they were like showing people what the chance were going to be so you didn't get it huh. going into the stadium or anything like that but you know a lot of people for for home opener are are the types of people who were doing the research before so there's like the st louigans i think and floored clever boys okay. uh, was another one so they had like done these chants but also they had like an entire section this supporter group had an entire section booked out and i think mostly what really was happening is they have like a hundred people doing it and then everyone just wants to do it so it spreads pretty quickly you know you okay. they're all like three seconds you know chance so you can you can learn them really well and some of them incredibly simple i mean if you're a fan of st louis like this was the best place to be because literally there were, for like a lot of the night it was just the you know 20 something thousand people just going stl stl you know stuff like that so uh yeah it was a lot of fun i i molly and i are going to go to a game later this year i think and uh try to try to get into it um i I I think a real test for me is I'm going to try to watch a game on TV uh and see if I still enjoy it because obviously yeah. like a like I can get into any sort of live event, you know. Sure. It's easy to uh, uh just yeah, I'll I'll yell with anyone and I was definitely trying to embrace the um the, you know, insanity of it all. Um but we'll see after I actually watch a game on TV. Um so yeah, that was that was my first ever soccer game, and I'm glad that Crikey. I uh, yeah! Crikey. The new it, stadium. It sounds like yeah.
1: you yeah. really kicked the ball around with the boys in oh, the square. Yeah. I mean, the rectangle.
0: What a ludicrous display. Um, what was the score? The new, Three to one, good guys. Wow. One of my favorite parts of the whole thing. the The very first game ever at City Park. You know, huge night.
1: So the team's uh, called City. It's called
0: City Park. I don't get the naming convention. I think it's kind of in tradition of other teams and their naming conventions. I I think because uh, isn't that like isn't that a thing in the Premier Leagues and the in the? Boy, I, don't I, don't I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I don't. Just I think name that it after just... an animal though, like everyone else, all the teams are are this style of naming. There's not a lot of like bird names and stuff i know we would all prefer it to be bird names
1: yeah then we could talk yeah. about it It'd be relevant
0: yeah sorry anyways no, none of this is relevant anyway my favorite bar is that the first ever goal scored at city park was the other team scoring on themselves <laughs> which i didn't i didn't realize like ever would happen in professional soccer and it was sort of a series of you know ricochets and mistakes but still the uh, the first ever goal was an own goal, they call it. So, I, uh, a series a of ricochets
1: of the... and mistakes sounds like the game of soccer explained in a sentence.
0: Yeah. I mean, it really, like, for someone who doesn't know at all what's happening on the field, <laughs> it is chaos. It is chaos. Yeah. <laughs> so, but that for me lended itself to the sort of the whole environment, you know, is yeah. just like people screaming the whole time. Uh, the entire first half of the game, everybody was on their feet. It's the only sporting event I've ever been to also where everyone was on their feet the entire time. Yeah. uh, Which was cool.
1: That, that sounds like a detracting factor to me, but yeah, I I get (laughs) the excitement, but uh, got to rest these tootsies over here.
0: Yeah. Well, I know you normally bring your ice bath to every game (laughs) you go to and
1: I'm a, I'm a freak for the cold plunge. They're in now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um uh, well so I uh thank you for indulging me as I talk about the STL city. Uh,
1: it felt quite indulgent but yeah we we <laughs> we did it.
0: Uh we'll find a segment for you to hate on some stuff later. I'm sure there'll be there'll be opportunity there. Absolutely. Uh for our listeners at home, I'm doing this recording in a different environment than normal and my uh daughter <laughs> is in the room. I'm going to try to edit it as best I can, but it's been I don't think I'm going to be able to get it all out of there. She's so. being very
1: cute. If, Hopefully, yeah, if, you, yeah. if you can't handle this and that, you know, <laughs> we're, we're
0: whatever. <laughs> all right. Let's talk about the Cardinals. Uh, rather, let's talk about a very specific Cardinal uh, and a future may- Cardinal and a future Cardinal. That's right. Maybe the hottest off season of all time. First, the stat cast numbers bring it yeah. to the forefront of the news. Now, Uh, he's, he's entered the global stage, uh, with, uh, his, the, the burgeoning friendship of, uh, a Japanese player, Lars Newtbar and Shohei Otani. Uh, how fun has this been?
1: Yeah, it's a, uh, two samurais having a, a a blossoming friendship. And I, I think like, I've been thinking about this a lot. Like I think the world has, the baseball world is following this because first off, it's adorable. but it makes me think Lars is must just be the most fun teammate of all time. Like, yeah, we've heard the stories about him and Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt and the rest of the team and how much the team like kind of rallies around him. And he's like he's like a pseudo leader. He's like a cultural leader of the team, maybe not right. so much on the field. Um, and then, of course, he goes over to Japan. He joins the Samurai team, um, which is a, a very fun WBC team um, that I think is going to go a pretty far away. Uh, a long way in this tournament and uh my so my guess is it's kind of two-factor it's it's they both play in the mlb so shohei and lars have that in common um and i'm guessing shohei speaks the best english on the I, japanese I samurai that team be the case too. Yeah. <laughs> and the, yeah. i know lars speaks very little japanese i know his mom would speak to him in japanese when he was growing up but he was uh, you know mostly speaks He's, english
0: yeah, he said it was when she would yell at him. He would yeah. she would do it in Japanese. So I'm sure he didn't really so I, pick up a ton of it.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure it's kind of like multi-factor, like I said, in the sense that it's he's the only one they can really talk to. Also, I bet Lars is a blast. Um, and Shohei yeah. is, you know, he, he comes off as serious all the time. But it seems like in this, you know, he's back home playing for his team, wearing his colors. It seems like maybe he's having a little more fun with it, too. Um, and also that being said, this has all been in like exhibition games. We'll see when the real tournament starts for Japan, yeah. if, uh, they're still laughing and goofing around. But, uh, how about Shohei had hit a couple of homers against, uh, a, in an exhibition game and it starts doing the pepper grinder coming around Dude. third. Clearly yeah. he is, uh, not you know, maybe Lars handed him a copy of the Cardinal way. Maybe they're talking about what Ali Marmol's like, what the neighborhood in St. Louis is like. You know, one thing leads to another. That's how I see it. I, you know, Um, so I I think Lars is, I think Lars is being himself. And I also think he's being an ambassador for the St. Louis Cardinals. And, you know, obviously there is one free agent that matters next year. And that's so (laughs) Joe and man, I don't think it's going to happen, but that'd be insane. No, of
0: course not. It's no, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun and this is fun and we're all loving it. But I think there is a negative percent chance that uh, Otani well, is a cardinal.
1: I'll say this though, it is extremely unlikely that Shohei Otani becomes a cardinal. That being said, he has proven in the past that he does not make decisions based solely on money, because um, obviously <laughs> he left the MVP uh, prematurely—not prematurely, but prematurely—to uh, to basically. Uh, so he could become like a, a normal rookie contract and not get super duper paid. Like he would have likely have been, he chose the angels, which is a small market or they're not a small market team, but they're kind of in the shadow of the Dodgers and all the other California teams. Like he could have chosen any other team. Um, if he played for St. Louis, he could have a quiet little life. He could have a shot at the playoffs. He would fill a huge need. It It isn't insane to me to think that that being said like i honestly i think it's impossible to predict where where and what shohei is thinking because he has kind of proven i think that he'll he he won't just go with conventional wisdom does that make sense
0: it it does um i do know people were pretty shocked when he selected the angels as well um and i think they part of the bargaining was like, Hey, we have Mike Trout. He's the best player in baseball. We'll put you with him and, you know, look at what we could do. And great idea. It uh, turns out you need 24 other good players as well. So it yeah. didn't really work out. Um, and, you know, you could argue that Mo has a really compelling argument to say, let's put you with Goldschmidt, Arenado, and uh, maybe, you know, maybe Jordan Walker, uh, Lars uh, and, and law and your new best friend, uh, yeah. Lars, we'll get you a bunk together. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, you've convinced me, man. It would be great for Shohei Otani to be a St. Louis Cardinal, but uh, I, I just well, don't see them. The The wallet, you know, we're going to have a, we're going to need a couple more Arby's to open before. I think he could, uh, to pay for this. Yeah. I, I just gonna gonna want like four hundred million plus.
1: Yeah. Yeah and, it, yeah. and it should be, it honestly should yeah. probably be more than that. It should probably be yeah. five or 600 million. Uh, you know, when you talk about not only like the on-field value that he brings, but also like, the media attention, the uh, all the advertisers. I mean, he is, he's the, one of the biggest stars in sports right now, yeah. period. I uh, mean, there's a legitimate
0: and, argument to be made that he's the best baseball player of all time.
1: Yeah. And I don't think I would yeah. argue against that very aggressively. I know,
0: it's insane. Yeah.
1: But I think like probably, you know, if you like Vegas odds, or if you were to put money on it, it's like Mets Dodgers, right. Or, are one, a one B. And then the rest of the league is kind of just out there. And I think teams, that are, have shown an ability to be competitive year in and year out are in like pool B and then everyone else is in pool C. And so all I'm really saying is like, it wouldn't be the, or I wouldn't be totally shocked if Shohei doesn't go where the most money is. Um, now that being said, there's still like half, you know, I don't know, 10 other teams that would make sense. And, you know, there's an argument for the Mariners. There's, there's an argument for a bunch of other teams. Um, You know, the Cubs are in a very financially flexible position going into next offseason, which uh, is something that I think Cardinals should be aware of. Shut your you shut your damn mouth. (laughs) Um, So, you know, there are there there are other options for him out there. But I I do think it's not unreasonable to consider that it might be out there as a possibility. (laughs)
0: All right. Well, as the as we progress through the season and head towards the off season, we may consider the possibility that it might maybe be in the realm of possibilities. Yeah. Uh, so oh, yeah. let's not close the door. You've convinced me. Let's. I said negative percent yeah. chance. I'll I'll bump it up to one percent chance. Yeah. Uh, that he sides with the Cardinals. Uh, I
1: I think it's like five percent, five to six percent, and okay. I think. We don't need to talk about it now because it's literally going to be the biggest story in baseball over the next six months. But um, I'm just saying it's it's not impossible. And Lars is doing the work. That's where it starts.
0: I saw someone on Twitter say Pujols accepted the uh, personal services contract with the Angels. Uh, He like has agreed to honor it so he could also be an ambassador for the Cardinals for uh, Shohei. So, uh, you know, we've got that angle as well.
1: I mean, I, I know I'm a a Homer and a Cardinals fan and everything like that, but I, I bet there is a percentage of Shohei that looks at what Pujols did last year and the accolades and the celebrations and the Vada boys and all that stuff. And is like, Oh, that, that didn't look too terrible.
0: I mean, look no further than the, than the actual outcome we saw of Nolan Arenado saying this is the place I want to be. You know, I don't need to like, he, he took a pay cut, um, An absolutely unnecessary pay cut to just stick with the contract that he already had to stay with the Cardinals. So, you know, it's out there. Like that's, that's been a part of the Cardinal sort of value for a while, but um, yeah, so I guess we'll see, but let's talk about uh, people who are actual Cardinals now. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about uh, spring training. We are like, we're, we're in it now. We got a, full week of games we couldn't watch any of them but we've got like a full week of games to talk about (laughs) box scores to stare at yeah we got box scores to stare at we've got those highlights that they
1: give you on the mlb app that's like kind of behind the batter's box at a weird angle but there's no camera work and you can sort of hear what's going on
0: the phone on someone's phone Yeah. yeah uh but hey you know what it's baseball it's real baseball and so let's talk about it uh yeah what are some of your takeaways now from this last week?
1: Yeah, I think uh, you know we we've talked about the concerns um, around Wayno and his position in the starting rotation and how um, um, he's steady as a rock, right? He he's been the guy. Father Time is undefeated, so on and so forth little worried about what he's going to bring this year because I think you just have to be when you have a player who's this old with the (laughs) um, responsibility that he has in his spot in the rotation. (laughs) Uh, Wayno makes his first start. His fastball was sitting around 85, which was a a little worrisome. Um, After the game, Katie Wu uh, reported that there were some back spasms going on, not fully healthy. Uh, My guess is that that is something, you know, just kind of spring training, getting the body ready. Yada, yada, yada. But, you know, the fact that you see Wayno's fastball sitting around 85, which is about five, six miles less than you would expect it to be, um, is a little worrisome. Um, Now, that being said, at the same time, Wayno has been named the starter for Team USA on the game that's happening this Saturday uh, on the 11th. So, you know, we'll I think we'll find out really quickly and on a big stage. Uh, how Wayno's feeling the pitchers are going to be limited to 65 pitches in the first round my guess is he's got 65 pitches uh, in his bag if he's um, feeling healthy like he'll he'll be able to go that distance and obviously it just depends on like how economical he can be on an inning burning basis to see how long he goes um, but yeah I think it's, it's I'm not hitting the panic button but it's not my favorite news to be reported out of spring trading yet, I guess is where I'm landing on this.
0: Yeah, we left 2022 with a really rough outing, several outings in a row from Wayno. And then we got the really candid response from him breaking down his delivery. What was the problem? Here's part of why I'm coming back is because I've I've solved that problem. And I want to show everyone that I can go out on a high note. And then we come into spring and it, you know we're getting a li- little taste of like maybe not everything is exactly right uh obviously not the storyline you want after your first start in spring but also it is your first start in spring so yeah i think you like you said we actually have a really unique opportunity here to get roughly 65 pitches of Wayno assumedly actually really trying to win against uh a a another you know another professional baseball team uh, another one so yeah so it'll be interesting I mean it's it's Wayno like you know part of his whole thing has always been adapting and figuring it out so if his fastball velocity really is down uh you know it's not ideal faster is better but he's become more of a tricker trickster righty now than anything so like maybe he makes it work with a mid-high 80s instead of uh you know, ninety or so, but still, every every mile per hour that ticks down, the the easier it is to get clobbered. So yeah, uh, not ideal. It, it, and
1: I think you are right, though. Like I, I do think, can Wayno make it work with eighty five miles per hour? Probably. Does that put him like more around like the mid four ERA rather than the mid three ERAs? Probably. Um and good news for Wayno is he's going up against Great Britain in the WBC on Saturday, so at least Oy! I know it's like he's got <laughs> God. Uh, sorry to sorry. our UK listeners. Yeah. <laughs> I know we we know we have
0: some, and uh, we you know so shout out to our UK listeners.
1: <laughs> Yikes! Uh, Except I know- for gonna, we're
0: gonna crush them on Saturday.
1: Oh, oh, on that day, it's going down in the bird's court. I can tell you that right now. I'm going to be <laughs> spitting hot fire. I The only, and I have to look at the roster, off the top of my head, the only Major League Baseball player I can think of that's on that team is Harry Ford, who's the big, strong lefty who hits bombs. Um, So I think it's going to be a fairly easy assignment for Wayno. But like you said, it's going to be super telling. I think it's more going to be like, I'm going to be watching that game. Oh, if the USA doesn't beat Great Britain, that's that's going to be sad. So and I'm going to be watching that game more from Wayno's, uh point of view and, and kind of like another spring training start, because hopefully it is that easy breezy for him. But we shall see.
0: It's going to be another revolutionary war here, buddy. Great Britain's going
1: down. <laughs> Man. Warming up for that one. And I thought it was going to be better than that, but you, I you tried it was
0: too. I, yeah, <laughs> I did. I, I, sometimes I start a joke before I know where it's going and I just yeah. get sad about it halfway through too. So. <laughs>
1: That's that is this podcast. <laughs> Lot, lots uh, of well, well, so,
0: so we've, uh, started on a, like a lower note uh, as far as pitching yeah. goes with Wayne But I'd say big picture though, overall, like it's been more positive than than sour with some really interesting positive things coming early.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I think all in all, like you said, it, it is pretty much good across the board. Obviously, we're worried about Wayne. Now, um, but we we talked about Leahy uh last week, how impressive he's been. He's continued that. Um this week we also saw Andre Pellante come out of the bullpen throwing straight gas 98 in one of his uh if I think it was his first if if one of his first appearances yeah. in spring and to me it makes all the sense in the world you got 98 in that curveball and he you know works on his location a bullpen arm uh, or a bullpen roster spot for Andre Pellante, uh makes all of the sense um and him mm-hmm. looking really really good this early in spring is a huge sign for the cardinals and like i i we talked about uh when we were going over the fan graphs uh, zips article how good this bullpen could be if palante can be the guy that comes in 5 6 um 7 even maybe if he's being really successful that makes this bullpen i i mean really one of the best in yeah. baseball
0: well and it would help potentially stave off one of the big problems that Uh, sort of cascaded last year Mm -hmm. which is when the starting rotation started to falter Uh, it really exposed the middle part of the bullpen and the Cardinals were no longer able to win those tight games that were still competitive in the fifth sixth and seventh inning uh, because they were losing it going to Verhagen and those sorts of guys in the middle of the of the bullpen and it just Turned a uh, 2-2 game or a 2-1 game all of a sudden into down by five or, or whatever. And it's just kind of throwing away games that would have been more competitive with a good bullpen. And the Cardinals were able to solve that mostly by just getting a better rotation by getting uh, Montgomery and Quintana. Um, but it could have also been solved by having just an effective, yeah, uh, effective, deep bullpen. You know, sort of like the Royals did way back and the Indi- uh, and the Guardians did way back, you know, by um, just shortening the length that their starters need to go. So, yep. uh, yeah, a healthy or a, uh, an incredibly effective Palante who could go multiple innings, you know, pair him with Hicks. Yeah. Uh, and suddenly you've got two guys that can give you a couple innings in a game that should be at a at a high quality run that into uh, Gallegos and Helsley. And, you know, that's a really good recipe, even if your starter doesn't go more than four or five.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I'll be really curious to see what Pelante's strikeout numbers look like, because uh, I think that would probably be the one knock on him last year is that yeah. he was getting weak contact, but he wasn't getting swing and misses. And when you see somebody with the stuff that he has, it's almost like reminds me of Joe Kelly. It's like when you're throwing a 98 mile an hour, uh, fastball with movement on it, you should probably be getting a few more strikeouts. So we'll see yeah. what happens there.
0: It's always interesting to me when these guys have these, this high heat and just don't strike yeah. anyone out. Maybe the biggest game this week, at least for things that I was you know really looking for early in this off season uh, was the game that had Flaherty and, and Steven Matz go back to back. And I don't know, man, like, could you have asked for better than what we got from that game? Like, I'm trying to be reserved here. I, I've i had my heart broken, you know, f- four years in a row, basically, or three years in a row with with Flaherty and, and one year with Matt's. So uh try not to get too overexcited about this, but uh, I mean, that was about as good as you could ask for. Right.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, Flaherty comes in the game, he struggles a little bit, gives up a bomb, and then basically goes into Terminator mode and starts striking everybody out. And yeah. the slider was there. Uh, the fastball was really working. I think what's cool about Flaherty when he's looking good is he can throw that fastball 93-94 and people are swinging at it like it's 100. Um, and he had yeah. that working, which was impressive. Um, and then with Mats, you know, like, the thing with Steven Matz is, let's not forget, when he he had the second half with the Blue Jays before the Cardinals picked him up and he found something and he changed the way and he had a really solid second half. He came over here, obviously he you know, it, it was a weird offseason like we've talked about 17 times. Um he came over, kind of got going, got the injury, came back looked really good, had that weird injury um you know, I we we praised the Matt signing last year. I still think it's a good signing, especially at yep. that dollar amount. Like when you know we were talking about like the types of deals that were going to Matt's level pitchers. Matt's probably would have made double, um, if not more in the if he was a free agent this off season rather than the one previous. Um, but I do think like there there is a or or I guess I I think. Cardinals fans should look at both of these pitchers to be decently effective for like 140 innings this year. And I think if right. they eclipse those numbers, then we should be really, really excited. But I think there is no reason. Um, Matt's is healthy. He's, you know, he had a kind of a, free, a normal injury and then a freak injury after that. He's looked really good already. Obviously, he is super motivated. That came through in the start that we saw. Um, and yeah, getting four K's in three innings that quickly. um, I don't know. I My expectations are high for Steven Matz this year. I think yeah. uh, I I wouldn't be surprised if he excels. That being said, I still don't think we're going to get a full 30 plus starts from him. I think he is just you know. kind of what he is, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And if you remember in the little bit, we did see him when he came back last year. But before the freak injury, uh, he looked great. So yeah. I, I, too, am very excited about Matz. And, you know, the whole time we were talking about adding a starting pitcher, Uh, That has been the equation that's been troubling and you can understand why the Cardinals didn't necessarily go out and add someone because it basically kicks Steven Matz out of the rotation and we like Steven Matz. So I am excited to see him get a, a, a real shot at having a full season um and i think for him like you said a full season is yeah 140 150 innings you can do that without getting hurt it's just the team limiting how deep you go into games same for flarity like 140 150 projection does not mean we're predicting them to get hurt it means we're predicting the cardinals to uh not let them go deep as much as they might want to
1: and, and there's value in that. Other, yeah. you know, other teams are managing their pitchers this way, and they're being highly successful. Like you go look at the uh, the Rays starting rotation, how many innings they rack up. And I think it makes sense, you know, get squeeze as much juice as you can out of Jack Flaherty without getting him injured. That that should be the Cardinals' ma- main focus for how to use him this yeah. year. Because, um, like, you know, if you get, uh, we don't think, or I don't think uh, Flaherty is going to give us another 2019, but if he can give us somewhere in between there for, you know, two thirds of a year, um, innings wise, then that's massively value. And that's exactly what the Cardinals need. Um, yep. And I don't know, it's all kind of lining up for Jack to come back this year. Uh, you know, obviously I don't want to get my hopes up too high. Uh, but with that performance, his motivation, the contract year, um, I think he wants to prove it. And, uh, I don't know. It, it would be a really, really great story. It'd be a really great way for the season to go. It'd be really great if he has a good year. The Cardinals extend him and that's how Wayne passes exactly. the baton down. Um yeah. but you know, we'll, that's exactly we'll see exactly
0: what I was gonna say. I wanna yeah. I wanna see a really good uh, March, April, May, and then a nice little extension, give him some money, give him some security, and then we have an ace locked up for the next few years at least. So yeah. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's talk about the offensive side of the ball where it's been even more exciting. Um, yeah. now we and the rest of the baseball world have been gushing about Jordan Walker at forever and it just keeps continuing. And I, and I, I'm going to say, I think we should, let's try not to spend the next 20 minutes talking about how awesome Jordan Walker <laughs> is because there's been other things going on too, Yeah. but he's leading all of baseball in almost every single offensive category. He's doing absolutely everything that he and more than you could expect from from a guy his age and with all the 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 light on him right now. It's it's truly incredible. Will he make the opening day roster? I, there's so many factors in there that don't that are not even in his control. Um, but it's been a lot of fun. But yeah. I, I I vote we talk about the other guys. Uh, yeah, because I, well, there's some other cool cool stuff happening
1: i want to nitpick jordan walker although it's it's unfair because when you're hitting 400 um walks don't really matter uh but he has yet to walk in this spring training so i think i would not be surprised if the cardinals use that to be like hey we need to work on his eye a little bit i know he hit 400 um you know who who cares about walks
0: sustainable yeah
1: Yeah, but uh yeah yeah, you're right um but man yeah he's tearing it up but yeah, to move on, um, I, I think a, a kind of a story that's going a little bit under the radar or is uh, maybe more impactful. Um, so obviously, Wilson Contreras is taking over catching, um, but he's not going to catch as many games as Yadier Molina used to. So that means the backup role, uh, I think, is a, a relevant role on the Cardinals for the first time in 20 years. Uh, and Trace Pereira is getting rave reviews from the pitching staff. If you look at it, you know, he has pretty limited history. Uh, as far as big league experience, but he's been a plus defender. Uh, he's 28 years old. Um, like I said, the pitching staff is already praising him his ability to call games, work with catchers, and he's a catch and throw guy. Um, and it's really kind of putting, or it's early, but it's feeling like the the supplanting the the moving on from Andrew Kisner is a, is a little more likely uh, with with Trace Barrera kind of coming in and. And like I said, you know, kind of putting his foot down and, and being solid defensively, I think offensively it's pretty much a one-to-one. Um, they both can't really hit, but (laughs) when you're talking about a backup catcher for my money, all you need is a guy that can call a game and, and, and catch and throw a little bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And ideally the lineup is good enough that we don't necessarily need, uh, you know, the catcher position to be an offensive force on an everyday basis. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, I I have um, said re- even very recently that I think the Cardinals do need to move on from Kisner. Um, seems like a great guy, uh, but it seems like the most of my criticism has been the offensive approach has basically collapsed. And so, you know, knowing Trace Barrera is not an offensive replacement either. I have a hard time, really. It's like six to one, half a dozen to the other. Um, but it is nice to have a different, you know, different look, different, different approach in there, even if they're uh, not a significant difference between the two.
1: Yeah, I think. I don't know, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. maybe Pages uh, Pajes could uh, could leapfrog, although he might have been demoted already. Um, That being said, backup catcher, hopefully it doesn't matter too much. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, but I just have this feeling that Andrew Kisner is on his way to being DFA'd. Um, and picked up by Pirates. I was going to say the Reds because the Pirates, they have their ch- all they oh, have is catching yeah. prospects. They've got
0: so many catching prospects. Yeah. So,
1: and, and they just, we'll talk, we're going to talk about the, uh, uh, Pirates later, but they also signed, uh, Party Boy himself. Um, what's, what, <laughs> Austin Hedges? Right. Right. Uh, yeah. Who, never mind. i take it
0: back. Yeah.
1: So I don't know. Maybe the Reds. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, it's too bad for kids, but I think it makes sense. And and like I said, focus on somebody who does a good job back there. Um, moving on from the catching position, Nolan Gorman. Um, yes. uh, you know, early reports, he's impressing uh, on, on both sides of the ball, especially with the advancements he's made in laying off the high fastball. And I think if you watch Nolan uh, play at all this spring, it is evident. We talked about it. He He looks thinner, stronger. He looks quicker. Um, his swing looks quicker. The leg kick, everything is just looking, just looking more like a big leaguer now than he did last year, which, uh, you know, maybe is an obvious thing to say, considering he is uh, a year older and and has a year in the bigs behind him. Um, but I think like it, what Nolan Gorman can do to this offense, left-handed power bat Sometimes at second, sometimes at third, and maybe most of the time at DH, I don't think can be understated if he starts to pop. And let's not forget, this was the highest prospect in the Cardinal system before Jordan Walker became, you know, mini Babe Ruth yeah. or, or, or mini Giancarlo right. or whatever you want to call him. Um, like, there's still a lot in that prospect tank and a lot that Nolan Gorman can do and bring to the table.
0: Yeah, we we so quickly move on to the next guys because of course that you know you want someone to dream on and Gorman had a good but not particularly exciting twenty twenty two so it's easy to move past him and be like give me Jordan Walker give me Mason Wynn. Um, but yeah the Nolan Gorman's having a great spring and of all of the of these guys is the most likely to be successful. It's really, really hard to come up your rookie year and be successful in the major leagues. It's really, usually it takes a couple of years. So someone like Gorman is the type of guy you actually really expect to take a huge step forward more so than someone who's 20 years old and never been in the league at all.
1: And I wonder, like you get that first year, you get that spring training where people are all talking about how you got to make the team. And, you know, I'm sure you try to drown that out, but I wonder if like, being a little post hype in the Cardinals system helps somebody like that out. Like he, he was told to go in the off season to work on a couple of things. He's coming in Mason, Wynn and Nolan, and uh, Jordan Walker are soaking up all the headlines, whatever that makes it easier for a guy to kind of come in and just, you know, do the job and, and take good yeah. at bats and hit the hell out of the ball when he has the opportunity to
0: just going around, curing people of their gourmania, <laughs> you know, yeah,
1: He's doing God's work out there.
0: Lancing the
1: boils. Oh God. I don't think we talked about it being a boil-ridden disease.
0: I'm pretty sure I've said that many times. <laughs> okay. On account of all of my boils. I don't oh think yes,
1: I would, yes, 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 yes. You do be... look hideous. Uh
0: well, they they were cured last year, so um I don't know what you're talking about now. The uh is it the flaps. <laughs> I did it. I do have some flaps left over. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I'm excited about Gorman. Uh, how about Dylan Carlson? You know, he's another guy that people are trying to write off, trying to throw him down, say Walker, you're the new starting outfielder Carlson, get out of here. And he says, no, how about I hit a couple tanks, absolute bombs from the left side of the plate. How about I do that?
1: Yeah. It's, you know, I think we talked about it. That's what he needed to work on. He was kind of quickly becoming a platoon player and he was on that short side of the platoon, you know, like, obviously there are more right-handed pitchers in baseball than there are left-handed. Um, and he had a career six eighty-six OPS off of left or right-handed pitching. Now him coming in and hitting, I think the, the home run he hit the other day was one Oh nine off the bat. He looks big. He looks strong. He looks like he's connecting with the ball well. I mean, it's kind of the same story for Gorman, except for a, a year in advance. Like, he was also the top prospect in the Cardinals system. Like, yeah. that. I don't know if I really thought about the Cardinals like that, but if you kind of like Jack Flaherty, Jordan Walker, Mason Win in the future, Nolan Gorman and Dylan Carlson, you're talking about a lot of high-end talent. And if those guys can all click, with the other players around them that you know have been in the league a little bit longer, the team yeah. starts looking really successful. And really the one knock on Dylan is right-handed pitching.
0: Yeah. Yep. Uh yeah, I mean, it, it, and again, this is the normal way that players evolve, right? Like we're also jaded by your Julio Rodriguez's and, and guys like that. It's normally year two, three, four, five or players really start to put it together, become these um, you know, successful long-term big leaguers. And and Carlson had multiple injuries last year, including to his wrist, which is, you know, crucial for uh for an offensive player. So um saying don't write him off yet. And it's it's a lot of this stuff. Carlson hitting well, Gorman hitting well, that is probably ultimately going to result in walker starting at uh triple a even if he continues to hit 400 um but the other guy that i want to talk about before we get out of here i just want to say real quick you know all these guys have been impressive some expectedly so some unexpectedly so but the one that's really stood out to me actually above everyone has been mason Wynn. yeah it's kind of reminding me of brendan donovan last year in a different way but similar to how it's like just this guy with more energy than anyone else doing everything that he uh everything that he touches he's doing really really well um he's all over the place hitting the ball hard playing incredible defense he's been a ton of fun to watch and to my eye he looks as ready for the big leagues as anyone else <laughs> in this in this conversation and there is the only thing that puts him below paul de young on the uh on the depth chart is that he's not on the 40 man and paul de young is owed like whatever millions and millions yeah. of dollars because it's clear he at the very least he'd be a above average if not uh like a near elite sh- a defensive shortstop yeah like right now yeah uh so I, I think
1: watch, watching him in this limited time, I th- I could sit here right now and say he's the best defensive shortstop for the big league club. It's the consistency. Can he do it? Like that's what Tommy Edmund brings, right? Is, is he's madly consistent. He catches every ball. He doesn't really make mistakes is when that guy yet, yeah, probably not just because of his age. And I'm sure if you watch him day to day, he likes to show off that power arm and that doesn't always go perfectly. Although it seems to go yeah. perfectly mostly, um, but yeah, you know, I, I think, uh, I, first off, yeah, I think you're hundred percent right. Um, I think that his path to playing time is clearer than other players, especially with Tommy being an, a gold glove winning second baseman and a, and a decent outfielder as well. Um, you know, we, we've talked about several times. Tommy's best position for the team is probably utility role just because he doesn't have the best arm um, on the team might make win a little bit of a better pick over him in the long yeah. run for shortstop. Um, but I think the offense is what's been most intriguing to me. Like, obviously, the glove is there. The arm is there. It's wow uh, when you watch him. But him being able to slap the ball, kind of, you know, give what they or take what they give you, that kind of approach, not getting too big. Um, And stealing bases has been a super fun thing to watch. And I did not expect to see the, you know, uh, he's pulling his line drives, but he's also dumping his singles over the second baseman's head and in front of the right fielder and center fielder. Uh, His approach is much more mature than I had expected coming into spring. And that is, I mean, when you have all the tools in the world, um, you're just a physically gifted human and then you also have a mature approach at the box. Like, wow. Yeah. Maybe he won't be in the miners much they, longer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty incredible. And even Ali Marmola said like he's way more advanced than we were expecting him to be. He's more impressive than we were expecting to be. He's saying all the things and you know, man that make
1: like. It's, I know it's going to happen sooner or later, but when him and Walker are playing together on the big league club, that is just going to be a blast. Cause we know they're buddies. Yeah. They, we know, yeah. you know, they got big personalities. It's going to be very like, we'll have at some point, there's going to be a, a version of the Cardinals where we got Matthew Liberatore and Nolan Gorman being buddy, buddy in the clubhouse. And then you got these two guys coming up, kind of the best friends gang, uh, coming through. And then of course you got Nolan and, uh, Goldie. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. It's an easy team to root for right now. It really is. It really is. So, yeah, I mean, you know, the the old adage of spring training doesn't really predict future results is, of course, true. But my take on that is always that, OK, that may be true, but it'll, I'll, I will always prefer the more fun, uh, exciting outcome in spring training, even if it's not necessarily predictive. Uh, this has been a really fun spring training to start and I'm looking forward to it continuing. And with the world baseball classic, giving all these dudes, basically as many at bats as they need or as they want, we're really going to get a look at these guys and, uh, it'll be interesting. I think that Mo and co are going to have some tough decisions, uh, when it gets down to cutting this roster to, uh, to the opening day lineup. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. And I wonder, like. Is is someone's performance going to force a trade? Um, it feels it, like
0: it. Well, Brendan Donovan, another tank today. He crushed yeah. another one. Like he's got more home runs in the last week than he almost did in the entire season. Again, yeah. spring training, I know. But still, like and, those well, things start to tell a new story.
1: Not not to tangent too much, but it's it's like not only does he have more home runs in a short amount of time, but they're freaking bombs. Like, yeah, these are yeah, not cheapies he, at all.
0: Yeah. The one he hit today, we're recording on a Wednesday. He knew it off the bat. Everyone knew it off the bat. I don't think any of Brendan Donovan's it, home runs last year we knew off the bat. It, it, it went it over
1: like, the bleachers today.
0: Yeah, yeah. unbelievable. It, yeah, it I seems think seems like the the power increase is real. Will it transition to major league in game? I don't know, but he definitely his, his his he's adjusted his approach to add more launch angle, and it's hey. showing.
1: He he went to Marucci. Um yeah. and, and what I'm kind of, I'd be curious to is hear an interview with him, but obviously he's got a great eye and a patient approach. It seems like he is kind of picking earlier in the count to be a little more aggressive. Um, And you know, a guy that had almost a 400 OBP last year, if he cuts that down by a little percent, but then increases his slugging by a hundred points or so, like
0: you'll take it all day.
1: Also, yeah. that's like an all star. Like we're talking about yeah, an all star oh yeah. player when he, he starts did- putting all that together.
0: It's a totally new profile, and it one is. that is significantly more valuable on to, on an already valuable profile. yeah, he doesn't need to add that much power to suddenly become like a cornerstone of this team. It's yeah. pretty wild, so all right, um well, we've got more to talk about. we always do, um, but before we do that, I want to remind everybody that the show is supported on patreon patreon.com slash talking about birds if you enjoy the show want to sell, want to support us and the work that goes into bringing this to you every single week like me recording with my child in the room uh <laughs> consider going to <laughs> patreon.com slash talking about birds and supporting us uh we have a bunch of different tiers interesting different things you get uh but anybody who supports us at even the base level gets access to our private discord it's the Bird scored. We're firing up our fantasy league right now. We're going to be watching games together. We got all sorts of fun stuff we're going to be doing in there this summer. Shout out to our current members of the Bird's Gourd. Uh, Check it out. Uh, if you uh, can't do that, but still want to support the show, consider leaving us a, a review on your favorite podcast platform. It really does help. And before I turn it over to Ben, I want to plug the fact that we will be on our friend C70's show. Meet me at Musual. Uh, We are recording this week. It'll come out, I believe, this week also. So check that out. It's a great show. He has a ton of uh, great guests on it, and we're happy to be a part of it. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Um, Ben, where can people find us online otherwise? Yeah,
1: Yeah, all the socials and whatnot. uh, You can hit us up on Twitter at TalkAboutBirds. On Instagram, we are talking about birds. Uh, We are also TikTokers now. Follow us on TikTok. We post little videos behind the scenes stuff. Um, I don't know. We're, we're figuring it out, um, but hit us up there. We're, we're trying uh, to be cool. Um, you can also <laughs> email us directly questions, comments, concerns, uh, baseball recommendations. Are you going to the, the park? We have food recommendations for you. Where should you sit? Baseball starting. Let's talk. Let's talk. I don't know. I don't really have anything else Let's to talk. add to that. But email us at talkaboutbirds at gmail dot com. Um, we want to hear from you. Tell us if we're doing anything uh terrible and uh <laughs> we'll ignore it and keep pushing forward.
0: <laughs> yep. Started with, hey Ben, here are the things that you're doing terrible.
1: <laughs> I I know. I or, or, mm. yeah, I know.
0: It'll look like my emails that I send to you <laughs> that start with, hey Ben, here are the things that you're doing terrible. Uh,
1: Nate does it after every record. It's, it's horribly, hor- <laughs> it just takes like the wind notes? out of my sails.
0: <laughs> Everyone wants notes. Yeah. All right. We could all stand to improve. Thanks, pal. So last week we kicked off a new segment where we are uh going through spring training and breaking down the other teams in the nl central we're going from worst to first and so last week we did the reds and now we're going we're taking a huge step We're just a, <laughs> a monumental leap in the standings up to the pittsburgh pirates and though we laugh I. Uh, and obviously the pirates are not expected to be pretty good this year or good at all, but you know what? At least they did some things this offseason, right? Like they've, they added a few guys there. There's, you know, there's some momentum maybe behind the pirates. Uh, if I'm being kind, they've got a few interesting pieces before we yeah. get into the specifics. Like what's your broad strokes take on the pirates? Ah,
1: Yes, I agree. I do think this is one of the better off seasons that they've had in recent memory. Um, Mostly because they've been like unbelievably inactive. Like the Cardinals were inactive, but you know, there's, there's good prospects that are close to the big leagues, right? You have, um, you know, players that have been there for a while sticking (laughs) around Uh, you have stalwarts at positions and you can't really say that for the pirates. And the pirates also had some bad luck last year. Like, you would think when you're, you know, key Brian Hayes is getting used to the league. You call up Uber prospect freak show, O'Neal Cruz. You have Brian Reynolds in the outfield um, and some young pitchers. You think that they would take a step forward, but they just didn't. Um, so I will applaud them for augmenting their roster in a positive way for what feels like the first time in a long time. <laughs> but that is, yeah. I think, the nicest way I could talk about what Sherrington and and Nutting are allowing to happen over there? Yeah,
0: it's also their 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 style of improvement is basically like they're hiring out of the retirement home of the rest of baseball. You know, I think the average age of these signings is probably like thirty seven. <laughs> when you Gosh. throw in uh, well, when you throw in Rich Hill, I was going <laughs> to say Rich Hill definitely he being the oldest player in
1: baseball definitely trends that towards the higher end for sure. Yeah. Which uh, you know we are a Dick Mountain pro podcast so we we appreciate that he is allowed to keep pitching um i i hope he keeps coming back year after year um
0: (laughs) it took me too long on dick mountain like oh come on what does he say any time
1: on baseball internet
0: yeah i forgot i've been a while (laughs) rich hill all right so let's start with uh who did the pirates lose uh from their team
1: And it's funny, you know, I have this labeled as notable losses and I don't think that that is true for any of these names, but not losses. I'll just hit them. Uh, Roberto Perez, who I actually think is underrated. He is a ACE defensive catcher. He's got a little bit of pop. Didn't have a great year last year. Um, but like he can, he can catch every day. He's, he's a very good defender. Um, I, I like him. Um, Obviously, the Pirates don't like him. Yeah. Uh, so moved on from him. Uh, Roberto Perez, Jake Marisnik. Uh, we all know him. Defensive specialist, center fielder. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben Gamble, who had actually kind of a nice year in parts yeah. last year. He found a little bit of power. Um, and Yoshi uh, Tsutsugo, um, who was kind of their first base, kind of DH and kind of a guy that kind of just hasn't really clicked. He, he was signed by the Rays and then kind of hit with the Pirates. But yeah. It's, I, he honestly, I don't even know where he is right now. He might be back in Nippon, uh, professional baseball. I don't know if he's still stateside.
0: Great. First name.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> um, and yes, I don't think there's really much else flavor to add to that. Right. Those, no. those are the guys they're gone, uh, two outfielders, a catcher and a hitter. Um, the additions there, this is, I think this is where you can applaud them a little bit. Cause at least the names are interesting. Like we said, rich Hill, who is likely to be their second or third starter rough. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. He's a 42 year old. He's the oldest pitcher in base or uh, player in baseball, Um, but was effective enough to get a job. Uh, So good for him. Well, Um, it wasn't,
0: I think two years in a row now, Cardinal fans we've been like all right just fine just go trade for Rich Hill Like yeah. we've kind of expected that to be who we were getting at the midseason so uh you know he's effective enough for us all to be like uh just bring Rich Hill in, it'll be fine and, and
1: I'll tell you every single name on this list of additions except for one I would say I probably will add like the Pirates probably sign these guys to move at midseason uh if they do something yeah. special yeah. um so it's, it's I, I know I'm kind of undercutting my compliment, but at least they're doing something. Uh, Rich Hill. Uh, they also signed uh, first base D.H. Carlos Santana, who is an effective big leaguer still kind of.
0: Yeah, uh, he should give them uh, what professional at bats. We'll
1: he can say. walk and hit a bomb every once in a while. Yeah. Um, Vince Velasquez, starting pitcher. Uh, Harlan Garcia. I had to look up who that was because I couldn't remember uh, he is a relief pitcher. Austin Hedges. Uh, they, you know they swap out Roberto Perez for Austin yep. Hedges. That's you know I think Austin Hedges is praised for his ability to call a game, but you know <laughs> that's about it. I think right. he hit like uh, he hits su- sub two hundred last year if I remember correctly. Um, and then a couple exciting or more exciting signings: G-Man Choi. Uh, was probably their best offseason move uh, for my uh, money. They traded to get him from the Rays. He's a big left-handed hitting first baseman, fairly solid defender. It's a big man that can do the splits. So I'm, I'm a fan, you know, just <laughs> automatically.
0: <laughs> That's always impressive. You it once is. spent like a full year uh, training to do a, to do the splits to win a bet. I How did. do you feel about that now in, in hindsight? Hey, I can
1: say that I've done the splits. I know your ass has never done that. So how about yeah, that? I,
0: yeah, I will. Um, I think you'd have to It'd result in my legs being popped out like old crash test dummies uh, <laughs> in order for me to be able to do the splits. Yeah. So
1: uh, maybe watch your mouth when you're talking to me.
0: I feel like I brought that positively. Oh, OK. Uh, I did not. <laughs> I did not feel like it did not come off like that.
1: Uh just, I, I guess I'm just used to being defensive when talking to you.
0: Hey, piece um, of shit. You did a, sh- you did some shitty splits before, right? <laughs> you dumbass. Uh, there. Thanks
1: pal. Yeah, there we go. That, <laughs> that felt more natural at least. Yeah. Um. And uh, most excitingly, they brought back the, the, the guy, the goat, the pirate. Andrew McCutcheon yeah. is back with the pirates. I love the signing. Um, Curious to see. I hope this isn't his last year. McCutcheon isn't even that old yet. He still walks. His sprint yeah. speed is underrated. Um, I'd like him to capture a little bit of lightning. I'd like to see him. I think it'd be a really fun for baseball to see Andrew McCutcheon kind of usher in a more competitive version of the Pirates. If you know Bob Nutting is is willing to you know open up the the uh, pocketbook a little bit more, which m- may not be likely, but. It's fun to see McCutcheon back. Um big fan. Uh yeah. I he's one of my favorite non-Cardinals players of my lifetime. I I just think he's great.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, the Cardinals got to experience this last year bringing back a legacy player. Um you know, he hasn't indicated that he's retiring anything like Ben said he's got some he's what 35 so I think think he he should have a handful of years left if he maintains production but he's he's really struggled to do that so it it could be any year now that he retires but yeah it's fun that it you know he's back with the pirates and hopefully he can uh, like you said you know maybe be a part of a transition into a new phase of competitive pirates or at least get some good fan service before (laughs) he retires which is frankly the more likely outcome
1: yeah he he will sell tickets, and also Kutch just looks good in the black and gold. Like it just, it looks natural to me. Um, and, yeah. and it's it's fun to see that. Um, so those are the the ads and drops. Uh, for the Pirates, a couple of storylines we already talked about, but O'Neill Cruz and Key Brian Hayes, um, super duper. I, I, Key Brian Hayes might be the best third baseman defensively in the league. He's just got to somehow wrestle that away from Nolan Arenado, which might not ever happen. Um, because I think you to take it away from the incumbent, you really have to to yeah. do something special. Um and O'Neal Cruz, like you know, if you're not familiar with O'Neal Cruz, he is a physical specimen. He's insane. I, I think he had the hardest exit velocity of any baseball player last year. I it's know like we Aaron had
0: a- Judge at shortstop or Jordan Walker at shortstop, right? Yeah. Like Yeah.
1: With Mason Wynn's arm. Um yeah. I mean, this guy's just got every he has the he has the potential to be the best player in baseball. Uh yeah. it's just is he going to not strike out? Is his approach going to be okay? And can he stick it short? Um, to me, I wouldn't be surprised if he moves to center or moves to third or something like that. But I think, you know, he's young, he's talented. Keep him at shortstop. The Pirates have nothing to lose. Um and, and I really think like if Key Bryan and O'Neal uh can do something, the Pirates I'm not going to say that I will I won't say that they'll be relevant all of a sudden but they can beat their pacota they can beat their zips pro, uh, uh projections if those guys kind of come into their own
0: yeah yeah they they at least have some fun pieces to watch they have almost no pitching uh Johan Oviedo might end up being their best pitcher this year um but they 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 may have at least the dangerous heart of the heart of the lineup with uh Brian Reynolds as well they're still there
1: yeah yeah, earlier we talked about they have catching prospects. I think the fun thing to watch with the Pirates this year is when does Indy Rodriguez uh, make his way to the big club? Um, knowing the Pirates, I doubt he will break camp with it so they can get every ounce of uh, service time. And, you know, he, he is yeah. a guy that also, we talked about the Cardinals' motivation, I think last week, we talked about the Cardinals' motivation to break up Jordan Walker because it is reasonable to uh, assume that he will. You know, with the new CBA, he will make a top three rookie of the year finish and therefore earn a full year of service time. Indy Rodriguez is that guy, too. Um, yeah, this guy. He is a he's a catcher. He should stick a catcher. He should hit. Um, he he kind of does everything well. Um, You know, I, I think that'll like if you're a Pirates fan, that's that's the I don't know, storyline to stick on to and to get excited yeah. for this year.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're experiencing it now. We just have a a good team to go around it. But, um, you know, having fun, young prospects, it's it's one of the fun parts of baseball that I think you get and they don't get as much in other sports where you have these guys that you watch for years growing or come out of nowhere and explode on the scene. You know, it's a ton of fun. Yeah, I
1: think an ongoing storyline for the Pirates is is Brian Reynolds going to remain a pirate? They he requested the trade, like I said. Uh, the pirates said, no, um, they aren't yeah. extending him. I think that this is going to be a story. There's, you know, he is a switch hitter. People are, you know, highly valuing, uh, left-handed outfielders right now. Wouldn't be surprised, uh, if somebody ponies up to get Brian Reynolds and prize him away, uh, some, some team trying to win, um, sooner than later, um, and, and kind of the back and forth. And I think that that's, you know, that's the storyline. And then I guess the, the question around the pirates, and that storyline is, are the Pirates going to use this season to push the franchise forward? Or are they going to just keep treading water at, you know, last place in the Central or, or you know, fighting for last place? Is this the year they take a step forward or or not? Um,
0: and well, if I was to bet. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, what we do with the Reds is we put a bet on it. So what's the line here, Ben, for uh the pirates. What are you what are you thinking? I I want because they do have
1: young high end players that I like. Uh Cruz, Hayes, Indy Rodriguez, uh I like Brian Reynolds. Um I wanna say over, but their pitching situation is so bad. They're pitching what number?
0: what what number are you setting or when you're saying over? Like over what uh win total? Yeah, that's what I was getting at okay yeah you you said i want to say over but i don't know what you're saying over on so uh like 67 68 oh i don't know um
1: i'd have to yeah sure sure okay Uh, well you you (laughs) i don't know (laughs) Uh, i told you totally just fucked up my train
0: of thought uh What was I saying? <laughs> well, okay, I don't know. Let's, they, They're, they're going
1: to be a bad team. There, yeah. going to be say. So
0: I think last week with the Reds, we said over under sixty-seven wins or something like that, and I think we both took the over on the Reds. So I'll say for the Pirates, what do you think? Over under sixty-eight.
1: Uh, I would say, uh, I'm going to say over for them. Okay. I, I think G man Choi is a good signing. I think the young guys are going to hit a little bit, but the pitching just is so bad, but I, I think they'll, they'll overcome a little.
0: Um, I'm going to say under young guys take a while to develop. I think they, and, and I have no faith in the pirates doing anything to, to put this team into a better position. <laughs> Only so, Cruz
1: might hit 40 bombs.
0: That's true. That's true. Um, but, yeah, as you were saying before I cut you off to uh clarify a a thing that didn't they're, matter so they' um, they're, they're the projected,
1: and... their projected win on fan graphs is seventy two okay. so let's let's all put right. the line there, uh and I'll readjust, and i'm gonna say, ooh, I don't think they're gonna get to seventy two <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna yeah. say under seventy two yeah, me
0: too, yeah, i think uh sixty nine nice there you go, all right. Uh well, we'll see. It'll be nice to play them a bunch. Um let's you want to move on to news from around the league? Let's do it. Okay. Um yeah, so we're going to talk about World Baseball Classic, but there were a few transactions that happened yep. uh this week that are worth discussing. Somehow
1: still no Jerks and ProFar signing. He is still out there. Yeah, uh which is I, so
0: bizarre. I oh, you re- you remember last year with Conforto when we, everyone was losing their mind around the fact that Conforto hasn't signed and then we learned after the fact that there was some sort of shoulder injury and he was getting surgery. It makes you think maybe there's something like that going on here. I, I would agree with you, but he
1: is leading off for the ne- he le- led off for the oh, Netherlands yeah. last night.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're and right, he looked you're fine.
1: Right. Yeah, um, my guess is he's holding out for a multi year and he's only getting one years or something like that. I don't I don't know. Uh, maybe waiting for an injury to happen. Uh, he's still out there Yeah. before we get into the signings. I also want to call out we just had a, a news about Justin Turner got hit in the face yesterday. Wow. had a massive laceration and should be out for a while, although no broken bones. Um, I bring that up first off because, ouch, it's news and, and Justin yeah. Turner's a very good player. Uh, but I also wanted to mention this is just something that's been on my mind. I thought it was so weird that the Red Sox, obviously, they did not sign Xander Bogarts. Xander Bogarts signed. For a billion years and a billion dollars with the Padres, right? The I suppose the Red Sox pivot to Justin Turner, which is kind of an inth- insane thing to say. But the reason I say that is because there was a story that came out a few uh, days ago about how the Pirates were aggressively pushing for Justin Turner to take over the number two, which was the former number of Xander Bogarts. It was not Justin Turner's former number, but they were like, it seems like they're trying to.
0: I don't know. They're trying like to imply that he's the new face of the franchise I or something like that. So? Weird. But, but the story
1: kind they of read right as like, uh, it was highly, it was suggested that he should take that number, um, for Red soxy reasons. Um, I thought that just was just to indicate
0: like he this was this was a big thing that we did going and yeah. getting Justin yeah. Turner. Yeah, and Zander's gone. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's done, gone. Gone. his he has gone. Yeah, yeah, his <laughs> number has already been given to someone else. Get over it.
1: Yeah, uh, and like Xander's not like a Hall of Fame like guarantee, but he's like flirting with that idea. He's a very good player for the Red Sox for a very long time. Just uh, yeah, I don't know. Just kind of a weird. I I've been criticizing the Red Sox all off season, and this is just more of that same. Yeah, uh, pile again. it on. But uh, all right, let's knock out some of these uh, very small signings that happened. Uh, the Rockies were busy. Uh, they really did nothing prior to this, but they signed uh, Mike Mustakas and Brad Lefty Brad Hand. Um, so those cool. are signings that happened. Um, and then outside yep. of that, the Rangers signed relief pitcher Will Smith. Um, and that's that's really all that's happened as far as that.
0: Yeah, I mean that's where we're at now, right? It's just these for other than pro it's just these fringe signings. So, yeah. there's not going to be much transaction news uh after this for quite a while until we start to get to the uh uh trade deadline.
1: Yeah. Yeah, maybe somebody'll get hurt in the WBC and uh Z- or uh Jerks and will make a bag and that'll that'll solve itself cuz I'm I'm kind of at this point I just like want it to be over with like somebody sign him.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we need to know. We have a dumb game that isn't even relying on it anymore, but it would still be nice to have some closure. I, that's, yeah, just the, the, the closure would make How much did I beat in by? Yeah, yeah, I need to know. So let's talk about the World Baseball Classic. We already have games going. Um, yeah. I thought what we could do here, we're just going to touch on it briefly. We'll dig into the games as they get going a little bit more. So we've only had a couple now, and the, really the bulk of the games are starting throughout this weekend. Um, but I thought we'd give a brief overview of how it works. And then just touch on some of the bigger teams and, the, and what we're excited to see in this uh, World Baseball Classic. So uh, I'll start off by sort of explaining the pool system. There are four pools of teams, each pool consisting of five teams. In this first stage of the World Baseball Classic, every, the, the pools will all play within themselves. Each team will play the other four teams within their pool the top two teams from each pool will progress to the next round, which will then play in a more standard tournament bracket style until we have a champion. Uh, So um, we've got, you know, the United States are in a pool with like great Britain and Mexico and a couple other teams. And uh, there's, that's how it's broken down. So we're just now getting started on it. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, I'll say for me, the teams that I'm most excited for, first of all, of course, I'm rooting for United States. Uh, Look out, smart. you cheeky blokes in Britain. We're coming wow. for you. How yeah. about
1: the, we're, we're in the same pool as the Canucks as well, Canada. We're looking at you.
0: Yeah. Tyler, Little Freddie. P- Tyler, Freddie, watch out. Um, yeah. And that, I think the United States team is stacked, of course. Uh, and then I think after that, uh, it's hard not to root for the J- Japanese team. We've talked about them for like 20 minutes at the start of this with Otani and Newbar. It's a ton of fun. Um, but honestly, I think the best team is probably the Dominican Republic uh, team. Have you looked at their roster? It is insane. Top to bottom. It is. It is. Stacked. Well,
1: and I think it is uh, Their position player group is next level. Uh, I think the only position they might be a little weak at is catcher, um, but they still have two young, talented guys there. Um, but just to throw out some names, uh, Willie Adamas, Raf, uh, Rafael Devers, Wander Franco, Manny Machado, Cattell Marte, Jeremy Pena, Teoscar Hernandez, I'm, uh, Julio Rodriguez, Julio, Juan Yeah, Soto. Julio
0: Rodriguez, Juan Soto. Um, it, it just it keeps going.
1: Yeah, the the team is Sandy impressive. Sandy
0: Alcantara, it, yeah. like... It's ridiculous. Their,
1: their edge over the United States is on the pitching side. I, I do, that being said, I do think, like, don't shortchange what America is bringing. We have two of the best catchers in baseball, JT Real Muto and Will Smith, are both playing um, Pete Alonso and Paul Goldschmidt, Trey Turner, Bobby Witt, Tim Anderson, Nolan. Um, and, and I think we said this earlier, but any outfield that has Mookie Betts. And Mike Trout in it is in is the best yeah. outfield in the game, uh, and then those other positions could be filled by Kyle Tucker, Cedric Mullins. Um, I, I mean the the team is stacked. Yeah. Like you said, though, it's when you you know the best pitcher is Lance Lynn, uh, Adam Wainwright, Devin Williams. Miles, I guess is probably Miles the best. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, it's rough. The uh the the big problem with the team is the rotation, and it's rough because two of the five of them are St. Louis Cardinals. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, it's single games. You never know what can happen. It's not like they're not good pitchers and those yeah. lineups are stacked. Uh, The way I've been kind of thinking about this is this is basically what we want from the All-Star game because these teams are going to actually be playing each other and playing each other hard. So we're going to get to see what does it look like to have Mookie Betts and Mike Trout in the same lineup, same outfield when they both are trying very, very hard to win. And that's really what makes this fun. Allowing the major league baseball players to participate, which they've not always been able to do, really opens this thing up and makes it a tournament that I think is worth watching. Even the games that uh, don't necessarily or aren't necessarily star studded with major league players are still with some of the best players from around the world. It's a ton of fun. And I've been really looking forward to it Um, ever since it was announced. It was coming back. You know, here we are. It's it's going to be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. and You know, like uh, we know we are coaching for Team Puerto Rico. uh, Team Puerto Rico has some good players throughout it. Uh, Venezuela has some good players. Uh, Mexico. I mean, there are some good teams in Japan and Korea. Like, I think, you know, we don't know a lot of those names. They're not a lot of household names, but I think that team is going to be or both of those teams are going to be really solid. And we'll get to look at some players who are probably going to be. Coming over to uh, MLB fairly soon. Um, yeah, I also want
0: to. It, sorry, it's easy to think of those leagues as like a lesser league, and they often are considered that. But then you got to remember that some of the best players of all time come from those leagues. Shohei yeah. Otani, right? Like, it's not like it's just inherently a lesser talent. And also, anything can happen in a single game.
1: Yeah. Um. Oh, yeah. All I was going to add is, I think the team that I'm going to have the most fun watching. Uh, not only because I am mildly connected to uh, the Czech Republic, but also the makeup and the story behind the Czech Republic team. Um, Every single one of their players has a nine to five job. Uh, Their manager (laughs) is a neurosurgeon. They are made of firefighters and teachers and lawyers and a bunch of just everyday schmoes. And they're in a pool with China, who is a, a lesser team. Australia, which has big leaguers, Korea and Japan, which we just talked about, those teams are going to be stacked. So you you are literally having, I mean, they're not you and I. They're they're like if you know if we were athletic, um, obviously they're they're talented, but these are normal dudes playing in the World Baseball Classic, and they yeah. and they won their qualifier, and they are playing against real. Oh, oh, <laughs> well, here's what I mean to say is we're going to have a firefighter pitching a ball to Shohei Otani, and. <laughs> In a tournament, I mean they they have to be know. the longest they have to be the longest shot in the world to win, but yeah. You never know what could happen. And I would say, you know, if I'm uh uh you know, Mr. Firefighter baseball player on the side and I get to pitch to Shohei Otani, I don't care what happens. That alone yeah. is the, the coolest thing that's ever happened to me. As long
0: as it doesn't come right back at me, uh, <laughs> that's the that's the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. Yeah. So uh Cool. Well, yeah, we're really excited about it. And we'll we'll probably be more at the top of the show as this gets going. And there's actually, you know, more complete, interesting games. We'll talk about it a little bit more. But just wanted to do this sort of primer for the WBC. Um, you can follow it through uh, at least like through the MLB app and, and online. There's a lot of different ways to, to follow these games. So uh, check it out. And if you're following, let us know. Who are you rooting for? Are you rooting for... Uh, we've got listeners all over the all over the world we're, we're learning about. So tell us, are you paying attention? Where are you from? And what team are you rooting for? Yeah. And um, I hope to see them crushed under American boots. <laughs> yeah. It's like the only thing that I've decided to be nationalistic about is, <laughs> is, the, U- <laughs> is the USA baseball. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we're going to wrap this up. But before we do, we have a segment to play. Ben, it's been a little while since we've done this. I've stumped you a couple times. Let's see if I can get you again. We're playing another round of Who Is This Guy? Who is this guy? All right. All right. So if you're new to the show, the way this works, I have a series of clues that um, are clues towards a baseball player, a member of the St. Louis Cardinals, someone who at some point in their career played for the St. Louis Cardinals. The clues start very, very vague and get increasingly uh, less vague. And Ben has to guess after every clue. Yeah. And we'll see where it goes. So bring it. The very first clue here for you. This player was born on March 15th, 1985 in Miami, Florida.
1: March 15th, 1985, Miami, Florida. Okay, uh, there's definitely some Miami players. Uh, The number one that's coming to my head, although I'm not sure if this aligns with his age, uh, I'm going to say John
0: Jay, a.k.a. the Chief Justice. Ben, you've come back from a vengeance. You got it in one. Oh, (laughs) let's go. I thought he was very well known as a Miami player, but it's been a yes, little while. Yes. Um, so I thought I might. I thought I Mr. might get you of here. Five. Let's go. Yeah. Got that you booty. Put, power. Can we put
1: pump in some pit bull music underneath this right now?
0: <laughs> no. Um, okay. We've been oh, got- <laughs> request denied. Um, yeah. So here, I'll go ahead and read the rest of this. The trivia for you. Man, I just ace, dude. You. you suck. Uh, I got you with Skip Schumacher like a month ago, so let's... Uh, <laughs> um, all right. His 12-year career spanned multiple teams, including, in no particular order, St. Louis, Chicago Cubs, San Diego, Kansas City Royals, Arizona, Chicago White Sox, and Los Angeles Angels. Of wow. Anaheim. I didn't realize he moved around so much there at the end. Um, next one. He led the league in hit by pitches in 2014 with 20. And in 2013, he led the league in center field double plays or double plays by a center oh, field. Oh, wow. That's surprising. Yeah. I think he played shallower, right? So he might have yeah. been able to pull off some of those, uh, you know, get him at second. Sure. Um, I always remember him for getting hit by pitches all the time. And he just had that giant wagon. You know, he's got that oh, booty power. So he was just power, leaning yeah. into it all the time. Uh, Then the clues on four and five get incredibly obvious. So part of uh, uh, clue number four was part of the Memphis Mafia. Yeah. Remember that whole thing? And then finally was not a former Supreme Court judge, though he shared the name of one. (laughs) I figured I would get you. You would get it with that one if you had not already. Aren't they
1: justices, not judges?
0: I think it's both okay but yeah probably no- normally referred to as justices okay um wow you really sucked at this one nate <laughs> wow way to go negative you could just say you did great you don't have to bring you don't have to drag me down
1: yeah, and and i'm also, always no doing that. i
0: i did great too never take an l Ben.
1: <laughs> cool
0: at the very least we both did great and <laughs> uh you know you know who else did great Huh. everyone who chose to listen to this podcast thank wow. you all for being here oh my here. god yes <laughs> we'll be back next week as always um thank you all for listening again we will be on c70 shows meet me at usual this week so check that out and all of his cool content uh reach out to us on twitter at talk about birds or email us anything we're always happy to chat and until next week. Go Cardinals. Let's go USA.